Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty It is Tuesday, August 16, 2016 And it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world Welcome to the show. We're coming to you live and direct from beautiful legal potland, Oregon, where the sun is shining, the sky is clear, and the marijuana is tasty. We're having ourselves quite the day here and covering all of the aspects of marijuana legalization as it happens around the country and getting ready for this weekend's upcoming Seattle Hemp Fest. It's the Silver Anniversary Hemp Fest, ladies and gentlemen. 25 years of protests in the park, and I'll be there all three days, starting Friday at around 1 p.m., leaving Sunday around 5 p.m., and we will have so many vendor interviews, activist interviews, expert interviews, musician interviews, everybody we can track down, and we'll bring that to you on next week's Russ Belleville shows. So make sure you stay tuned for those. It's going to be an amazing time out at the Seattle Hemp Fest. Coming up on today's show, we've got great news to bring to you. A Ninth Circuit court decision was uh, held out today that gives a lot of good news to the medical marijuana community. We'll brief you on that in our Cannabis Focus segment coming up right after the news. Also on the show today, a new study is out showing a shift in the patterns of regular marijuana use, especially among us daily cannabis consumers. I'll ask the question whether that's something we really need to be concerned about or not. Then coming up in our interview at half past, we've got a segment of our Reformers Reader that I'm really excited to get to, Longtime fan of our guest today, Hyapatia Lee. She is the stoner sex columnist for High Times Magazine and High Times Online. And uh, we will be asking her questions about stoners and sex and the industry that relates to both of them. So stay tuned for that coming up at half past. After the interview, we'll have time for a radical rant where I'm going to give some advice to the red states out there that so desperately want medical marijuana but feel like they might not be able to get it, I'm going to give you an idea on a kind of a loophole you might try to get some medical marijuana in your state. So stay tuned for that coming up at the end of the show. We'll also take you into Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio, where we've got more news to cover, including Dr. Sanjay Gupta's reaction to the DEA's rescheduling rejection on cannabis. We've also got a note on Colorado's latest sales figures for medical and recreational cannabis. And I'll also bring you a couple more clips from the Boise Hemp Fest that took place on Saturday. Another tune from Chief Greenbud and my short speech to round out the evening's festivities. We'll end the show today by taking a look at the Olympics and Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt two of the most productive potheads in history. But everything starts with the cannabis radio news. And in our headlines today, we are going to take you out to that 
Ninth Circuit Court decision. We're also going to take a look at a bill in California that will help the uh, medical cannabis industry with their uh, payment of taxes. We've got news from the United Kingdom on their testing of a new CBD oil vaporizer and news from Melbourne, Australia on the rollout of medical cannabis in the state of Victoria. There's a new type of cannabis competition, a growing competition taking place in Denver. That's the first of its kind. We'll tell you why. And another look inside the arrest statistics from New York City that show us a bit of a silver lining. All that coming up in the next two hours live from beautiful legal potland, Oregon. I'm Radical Russ. Stay tuned. The news is next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash. And I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase and gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show. Chat is for friends 18 and older. We expect our chat to be civil, mature, and free from excessive profanity. If you don't like these rules, there are approximately 6 billion other chat rooms with lower standards that you can visit. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, August 16, 2016. San Francisco, California. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals decided today that the Department of Justice may not spend taxpayer dollars to conduct prosecutions of patients and their providers in states that have legalized medical marijuana. The ruling is in response to 10 cases brought up on appeal 
that cite the Rohrabacher Farr Amendment, a rider to congressional appropriations, that forbids the use of tax dollars on medical marijuana cases. The Department of Justice had argued that their prosecutions weren't countermanding California's ability to conduct its medical marijuana operations, while the author of the amendment, California Republican Dana Rohrabacher, responded that the amendment was created specifically to end the DEA raids. The cases returned to the lower courts to determine if the defendants had been following California law and therefore should have been immune to the federal raids and trials. Sacramento, California. Lawmakers in the Golden State are proposing a bill that would allow California's burgeoning medical marijuana industry to pay its state taxes in cash without penalty. Federal law still maintains that cannabis is a Schedule I drug, so traditional banking services are unavailable to most cannabis businesses. Currently, dispensaries and other businesses that pay their state taxes in cash are charged a 10% penalty by the Board of Equalization for amounts over $10,000. Businesses can apply for a waiver on a case-by-case basis, but the process is, quote, very cumbersome and time-consuming, end quote, according to one assembly member. If the bill, now awaiting signature from Governor Jerry Brown, is passed, the 10% penalty will be dropped for cannabis businesses. London, United Kingdom. A unit of Britain's National Health Service is testing a CBD oil vaporizer pen, legitimizing another medical use of cannabis. The MediPen has been on sale to the general public for about a year now, but this marks the first time the government-run healthcare system has evaluated cannabinoid vaporization. The GW pharmaceutical spray product called Sativex, a whole plant extract of CBD and THC, has been recognized by the government for treatment of multiple sclerosis, but it is available by prescription only. Quote, as the first consumer cannabis product to be tested by the NHS, said MediPen Managing Director Jordan Owen, we are confident that this will go a long way towards creating a properly regulated cannabis market in the UK. Melbourne, Australia. A new committee will be formed to supervise the rollout of medical cannabis in the Australian state of Victoria. In April, Victoria became the first state to legalize the use of cannabis to treat epilepsy in children. Cannabis won't be available in raw plant form, but rather dispensed in pill, tincture, oil, and liquid formulations. The government committed... $28.5 million Australian dollars to the project, which will include 16 experts to advise on which patients should next be eligible for medical cannabis. The government says the cannabis cultivation centers are on track, but would not estimate when in 2017 the cannabis products will be made available to patients. Denver, Colorado. A new type of cannabis growing competition is set to find the best commercial horticulturalists in Colorado. The grow-off is a brainchild of Denver Post cannabis reviewer Soham Shaw, hemp box founder Samantha Sant, and comedian Jake Brown. Each grower competing must have a commercial grow license and will receive a clone of exactly the same mother plant as every other grower. Unlike traditional grow competitions that compare various sativa, indica, or hybrid strains, growing from one mother plant will allow apples-to-apples comparisons of growing skills. Growers will be judged on terpenoid profile, how well it smells and tastes, cannabinoid profile, how much medical cannabinoid content there is, and yield, who produced the most product. New York, New York. 
While marijuana arrests seem to be on the rise in New York City, the results of those arrests are less likely to lead to a night in jail. Of the 3,897 marijuana smokers caught by NYPD in the first three months of 2016, only 11 spent the night in central booking. The rest received desk appearance tickets and were released. In the last year of Mayor Bloomberg's term, during the first three months of 2013, there were over 7,000 tokers, with over 4,000 spending the night in central booking. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, August 16, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a Resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has National Resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we celebrate the ruling by the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that decided that the Department of Justice cannot spend any money to prosecute federal cases against defendants who were complying with state medical marijuana laws. This was a very important discussion. Uh, we The Ninth Circuit covers uh, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, uh, and most of the western states out here. It's a unanimous ruling by a three-judge panel. Two of them are Republican appointees who have a history of pro-law enforcement opinions. So we got that out of some of the people you'd expect to be kind of anti-cannabis. So that's really good news here. Now, what this means is it refers back to a rider to a congressional appropriations bill that was passed called the Rohrabacher Farr Amendment. It used to be called Hinchy Rohrabacher after Maurice Hinchy, who used to be one of the proponents. Now it's Dana Rohrabacher and Sam Farr. It's got a lot of co-sponsors, uh, Earl Blumenauer among them, and it passed uh, for the past couple of congressional votes. 
And what it does is it bars any taxpayer funds from being used to interfere with the lawful operation of medical marijuana laws in the states that have legalized medical marijuana. Now, that would seem pretty straightforward, wouldn't you think? Can't spend any federal money going after medical marijuana. That would include the Department of Justice, which includes the Drug Enforcement Administration. So not only can they not pay the cops, the DEA agents, to go out there and raid and and seize, they can't even pay a, a Department of Justice attorney, a U.S. attorney, to file a paper Right. You can do you can spend no taxpayer money on this. It seems pretty cut and dry. Well, it wasn't. The Department of Justice went ahead with raids on lawful medical marijuana providers in California, in Dana Rohrabacher and Sam Farr's own state. And when they were rebuked about this, the Department of Justice spokespeople said, well, we don't see that uh, that Rohrbacher Farr amendment really means that. It says that we can't spend any money to interfere with the lawful operation of state medical marijuana. And, and by goodness, we're not. Nothing we're doing is stopping a medical marijuana patient from having a medical marijuana card or growing medical marijuana or going to a pot shop. We're just enforcing federal laws against people uh, buying and selling and growing marijuana. <laughs> this earned a stern response from Dana Rohrbacher himself, who said, don't you tell me what the congressional intent was on passing this law. I wrote the damn law. (laughs) I know exactly what the intent was. And the intent was to stop the raids. Pure and simple. DOJ didn't agree. And so this had to go to court. And now the Ninth Circuit has finally told Department of Justice, Dana Rohrbacher knew what he was doing. He wrote what he meant. You cannot spend your money to bust people and prosecute people that are following state medical marijuana laws. So now there's like 10 cases of different dispensary owners, different grow owners that had all appealed based on the on the Rohrbacher Farr Amendment. All those cases go back to the lower courts now. It doesn't mean these people get off scot-free. It does mean the courts have to verify whether or not they were following state law. Because if they were... If they were following state law, then not a dime should have been spent to prosecute him, and those cases should be thrown out. So there's still a step to go, but it looks pretty good for these cases that they may be able to get these cases thrown out. However, there is a hitch. There's always a catch, isn't there? And that is that these cases could be tabled. These cases just could be delayed because upon the seating of a new Congress, it's possible the next appropriations bill wouldn't contain the Rohrabacher Farr Amendment. Keep in mind, this is, this is lawmaking through the purse strings, and that has, to be, uh, that has to be appropriated every year. This isn't like passing a law that stays in effect until it's repealed. This is something that expires every year and has to be renewed. Now, we've been lucky these last two years that Congress has been on our side and, and restored that amendment, but... What if for some reason next Congress, it doesn't happen? If we lose those Republicans who came over to our side, if they vote to not include Rohrbacher Farr, then all those cases could be picked up again because now there would be money in the Department of Justice for prosecuting those cases. So it's good that we've got this kind of purse strings loophole to protect our 
medical cannabis industries in California and the rest of the Western states, but it does not go far enough because it is vulnerable. We are so vulnerable right now to the next administration rescinding the Cole memo and the next Congress rescinding the Rohrbacher Farr Amendment. If you don't think your vote matters, you need to think about some of those things, some of the U.S. attorneys and some of the Congress people that will be deciding these issues, and of course, the president who will ride over that entire executive branch, including the Department of Justice. And your mother was begging Barack to stop. (laughs) Mr. President, that's rather rude. (laughs) Happy 420 to our friends in the Mountain Time Zone. Denver, Colorado, Boise, Idaho. We're looking at you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go into some drug war data mining, taking a look at a new study that says there's a whole lot more daily pot smokers after we legalized. Gee, I wonder why. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold. California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resents, only on Cannabis Radio. This is the Russ Belleville Show, annoying Kevin Sabat since 2012. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. 
Today in the Data Minds, we take a look at a study that was published in the Journal of Drug Issues, taking a look at the demographics of marijuana consumers between 2002 and 2013. The study is authored by Stephen Davenport and Jonathan Calkins. I've covered a lot of Calkins' work before, and he's uh, generally an honest researcher. And the study finds that the users of marijuana who smoke daily has grown rapidly. And that many of those frequent users are poor and lack a high school diploma. So uh, the, the key to this is they say in the early 1990s, one in nine past month users was using daily or near, or near daily. Let's just say daily from now on, right? So one in nine of us that were monthly tokers were daily tokers. Now it's one in three. One out of three people who toke monthly are daily tokers. And they point out that daily users account for over two thirds of the self-reported days of use or 68%. So what they're saying here is if you add it up all the days that anybody claimed to have smoked pot, two out of three of those days are you and me, the daily pot smoker. Only one out of three pot-smoking days is somebody who doesn't consume daily. And, and what they're pointing out here is that the, the consumption pattern here then makes cannabis consumers demographically more similar to tobacco smokers than to alcohol drinkers. The, the spread of people that drink monthly, weekly, and daily is a, is a much broader spread than the spread of people that smoke cigarettes or cannabis where we're heavily weighted toward the daily user. Now, as I read this, it's interesting to me, but I also have to read between the lines. And what they're saying between the lines here is, oh no, be afraid there's more daily pot smokers. But nothing in this article really goes off to say that there's any problem here. Uh, there's one small bit that uh, Jonathan Calkins sent to the cannabis in an email. He said, most people who have used marijuana in the past year are in full control of their use and are generally happy with that use. But consumption is highly concentrated among the smaller number of daily and near daily users, and they tend to be less educated, less affluent, and less control of their use. Now, the, f- the fear that they're trying to generate here is that as we legalize, the people who have a problem with their marijuana use will have greater access because there will be pot shops and they will be selling pot cheaper. And that indeed is true. Indeed, if you are a problematic cannabis consumer and the only thing that's been keeping you off the pipe is the cost of it and the availability of it, then sure, If we legalize and make weed cheap, life's going to be tougher for you. But the question is, do we set policy based on what is best for the vast majority of consumers? Or do we set it based on that tiny fringe that can't handle it? Because if that's the way we were going to set alcohol policy, we'd have a whole lot more restrictions on alcohol. If we had to set alcohol policy based on the fact that Some people, about 10% of the drinkers, become detrimental alcoholics, both to themselves, their families, and and, and to society for that matter. You you can bet that we wouldn't have cheap beer. We wouldn't have pitchers of beer at the the bars. You can bet that there'd be 
all sorts of punitive taxes, even worse than the taxes already associated with alcohol. There'd be limits on how much you could buy, how much you could use. If we had to set the alcohol policies based on the worst alcoholic, we would not have the alcohol policies we have today. So it seems to me we should not set the marijuana policies based on the worst stoner either. Another thing that lacks consideration in a study like this is how many of those consumers are using cannabis in lieu of something else. This is in particular when they talk about the lower, the, uh, the, the poorer, the daily consumers tend to be poorer, have lower incomes. Well, part of that is because being a cannabis consumer keeps you out of some of the top jobs. That could also go for the lower education statistic. The pot test keeps you out of the best scholarships and uh, financial aid. But also consider that people that are on the lower economic, socioeconomic spectrum may not have the money to see a doctor to get a prescription for some, some sort of painkiller. Keep in mind that living under the poverty line is incredibly stressful. And these people can't just run out and get a prescription for Xanax from their doctor or Prozac. People that work long shifts, two, three different jobs who can't get to sleep, can't just go to the doctor and get themselves a prescription for Ambien. But these people who are poorer, who are working hard, who are on the lower socioeconomic ladder, less education, they can get a hold of cannabis and they can use that as a painkiller, as a stress reliever, as a sleeping aid. So take these statistics that you hear about daily cannabis consumers with a grain of salt, because like I often say, you say that like it's a bad thing and it's not necessarily a bad thing. The amount of cannabis someone is using, how often that person is using cannabis, how much they use cannabis per time they use it, how they use it, all of that is irrelevant. What matters are the outcomes. Are people's lives better or worse with it? Or are people's lives better or worse with prohibition? That's the question. All right, when we return, we'll be speaking with stoner sex columnist Hayapesha Lee. And taking your questions in our chat room. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? Cannabisradio.com <sighs> Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick, the safe and easy way to pay. P A Y Q W I C K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the cannabis liberation movement takes a huge step forward, and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. Cannabisradio.com. 
and the Cannabis Radio News team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us Thursday, November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The best weapon you can have in the Prohibition War is your mind. Fill your head with the knowledge you need by checking out this latest entry in the Russ Belleville Show's Reformer's Reader. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Reformer's Reader. Today we speak with a fellow columnist at HighTimes.com. She writes the Stoner Sex column. It's Hyapatia Lee who's on the phone with us. How you doing, Hyapatia? I am great, sweetie. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Uh, well, I am fantastic, and i got to tell you, 16-year-old me from 1984 can't believe who I'm talking to. Ah, bless your heart. <laughs> That's so cool. So, Patia, tell us uh, about the Stoner Sex Column. How long have you been writing this column? About three years now, a little over three years. I love it. I get all kinds of wonderful questions from people who are readers and write in with all their different questions about sex and how to enjoy sex while you're high, um, relationship issues, all those nice things. So I encourage everybody to please, if you have any kinds of questions, write to me. I'd love to hear all about it. Yes, please do. And uh, do these questions end up in a book? Have you written a book? Is there anything else we can read from you? Yes, actually, I've, I've written a couple books. My second book is due for release in the next few weeks. It does not include any of these um, questions from, from my summer sex column, however. It's basically um, telling everybody about the Native American tradition of emotional strength. The book is titled Native Strength, The First Step on the Path to an Indomitable Life. So these are lessons that I have learned throughout the years, searching through um, my own personal ancestors, other Native American medicine men and women throughout this country and Canada, on traditional methods of maintaining emotional strength. And I have found that a lot of these methods incorporate the use of cannabis, Mm. which is totally understandable, because with cannabis, as you know, and as most of your listeners do, you can filter out all the bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> you can make the rest of the crap in life just shut up, go away for a minute, make all those stressors quiet themselves and relax while you can focus yourself. And a lot of times our world is so hectic nowadays. We don't have time or we don't make the time to just sit there and focus on our lives, to reflect on the five areas and the five arenas of our life. In other words, family, political, economic, social, religious, 
all these different areas of, and aspects. Um, and when I say sexuality, I'm not talking about just sex, but every creative aspect of our individuality. And as you know, cannabis can, can help us with our creativity. If we take the time to use cannabis, set aside a few hours, and maybe take a, a, a pen and paper and write down the things that we are doing in our life and focus, is this really what we want to be doing? Or we just put everything on automatic because that's basically how life is. I mean, so many times we're so busy rushing from one thing to the other, you know, trying to maintain our sustenance, you know, make money, make sure our environment is safe, all those things. We don't have time to stop and think, are we really focusing on what we want to focus on? Mm. When we get at the end of our life, have we spent our life on the things we want to spend our time on? And I think cannabis can help us with that. Wow. They can help us to prioritize. Now we it got, also can help us to relax and laugh and enjoy things, and that is very integral to life. Absolutely. Quality of life. Absolutely. And Quality I, I, I'm excited, more important. I'm excited about this book from the uh, perspective, you know, a lot of... A lot of people in the cannabis community uh, have a little bit better understanding of our place in nature and how plants are involved with that just because, you know, we've studied exactly. cannabis so much. But the aspect of Native American teaching with respect to the emotional side of things uh, rather than just the medical uh, is really fascinating to me. I think because there's been such a wonderful breakthrough with the many different things cannabis can treat, in particular post-traumatic stress disorder. I think cannabis, and I think this will be found very soon, it can help with so many other things that are emotionally impairing, besides just post-traumatic stress disorder. The Native American community and philosophy is that inside of us, we all, whether we're male or female, we all have inside of us a little boy, a little girl, a man and a woman, and two wise elders. Most of the time, our life is consumed by what our adults are doing. They're running around making sure that our jobs are taken care of, that we are paying our bills, that we are feeding ourselves and our family. That's the job of the, the adults. But there are children inside of us that need to be paid attention to. They need to be able to enjoy life, or we will find ourselves in a state of unbalance where we are no longer able to force ourselves to work all the time. We will find ourselves rebelling. And if we don't give these inner children the time that they need to play and enjoy life, giving ourselves a quality of life, it becomes almost impossible for the, the adults inside of us, our adult personas, to take over and do the things we need to do to survive. Now, I haven't mentioned the elders. The elders are very important. They have the key to any question or problem that we may have. And so often we don't take the time to commune with these elders. Most of all, we don't even realize they're there or want to even acknowledge their existence. Our society wants us to reach out to a higher power, when oftentimes we don't realize that higher power is within ourselves. Mm, well put. The inner elders, thank you, dear. Thank you so much. The inner elders have so many answers and if we don't quiet the adults who are busy with the daily activities that we need to do to survive if we don't quiet them we won't be able to listen to the elders mm -hmm. cannabis helps us quiet that yes yes uh we're speaking with hyapatia lee she writes the stoner sex column for hightimes.com and you can find her uh books on amazon i assume in other locations yes I, I did exactly want, i did want to ask you about uh the similarities or differences 
between uh, the two worlds, uh, speaking particularly of sex and drugs. You know, both have been demonized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both are natural human uh, longings. What differences or similarities do you see in the fight for, say, liberating cannabis versus the fight of, of liberating and, and, and uh, legalizing sex work? My whole focus is on healing the mind, releasing endorphins and oxytocin, oxycontins in our brain that are naturally there. This is done through such things as sex, laughter, and by smoking cannabis. Yes, yes. They're all related. Music, other things that help us enjoy life and uh, help us have a better quality of life, all of these things are integral. We can't just force ourselves to, to uh, put our nose to the grindstone 24-7. There has to be some quality to life. Otherwise, it's just not worth living. Well, do you see any... I think sex is not only important for obvious procreation and those sort of things, but for personal enjoyment. It releases endorphins in the brain. Um, it calms us. Cannabis does the same thing. It calms us. It helps us to better focus and center ourselves so that we are not so much at the effect of the other people in our environment and the, the natural environment itself. What about uh, any parallels uh, in, in, with the role of women in both worlds, uh, the empowerment of women, I guess? Uh, a lot of women in the cannabis community are looking toward it being the first industry that we get to build from the ground up that's not male-dominated. And then, of course, in, in the sex work industry, there's a whole dynamic involved there with women's empowerment. Do you see any parallels there? I see some, but not as much. There's not as much female empowerment as I would like to see. There is still a glass ceiling in the greenhouse. Okay. Um, I worked as a, a cannabis grower. I was in charge of quality control for one of the largest um, uh, medical and recreational suppliers out here in southern Colorado, where I live. And while the people that I worked for were very open-minded and nice and, and understandable and gave women more opportunities than most, I still found... There's definitely a glass ceiling in the greenhouse. I'm sorry, but mm. there still is. Um, and in the adult entertainment industry, even though women who are in front of the camera tend to make more money than men in front of the camera, the women are still not as empowered as they could be. Um, this goes back to my Native American, um, the way I was raised. I was raised by my grandmother. The Native American, most of the tribes, are matrilineal. Um, they're gynocentric. They are, are ran by women, mm -hmm. most of the tribes. There are a few exceptions like the Chippewa, but 90-some percent. For example, when a man and a woman get married, the child's last name comes from the mother, not the father. Mm. That's why when I first married, my husband's name became Bud Lee. It's written in Wikipedia that this was done because I'm a feminist. No. no. <laughs> it was done because he embraced my Native American heritage. He was open-minded. That's beautiful. And, and, and Lee is my great-grandmother's last name. This is the matrilineal heritage. We all know who our mothers are. We might not be so sure about our fathers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> kind of hard to lie about that. I, uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think one of the most wonderful things that the adult entertainment business has done over the last 
several decades. Well, for example, since 1980, in 1980, 2.4 women per thousand under the age of, I mean, over the age of 12, rather, were victimized. They were raped that year. Yeah. Okay. This in 2013, which is the latest statistics that we have, the rate was 0.4 per thousand. That's a decrease of 85 percent. Hmm. That's pretty significant. Yeah. I think this, and it corresponds with Denmark's legalization of prostitution and erotic entertainment. When they did that in the 60s, their sexual crime rates went down as well. Hmm. So, so, and it just goes to show you when you have a normal natural function like sexuality, if you try to stigmatize it, it people are going to rebel. It's just not a natural thing to, to have sex looked at as sinful, um, dirty, to be reserved only for in marriage. Native American tradition is not like that. Native Americans believed in the natural natural sexuality of people. They understood that people were not going to um, save sex for marriage, if you will. They also understood that people divorced. Hmm. In Native American culture, a woman only had to put her husband's belongings outside of the residence to symbolize they were divorced. Hmm. People didn't get married for life. They did what was called a hand time, and most often that lasted for seven years. But at any time in that seven years, you could separate. Far better to separate than to kill each other. Yeah, there's a good point there. You know, I, I think it's fascinating <laughs> the time we're living in where, you know, there's that parallel. Like, you know, back in my day, finding any sort of adult entertainment meant uh, a lot of looking in back rooms and seedy uh, uh, mm-hmm. places and, and bad VHS copies. Now, somebody right. who's, a, who's a college freshman uh, at UCLA, for example, has never existed in a time where they didn't have easy access to marijuana or porn. And what a different yeah. generation this is going to be. Exactly. Exactly. Time Magazine did an episode, or an expose rather, on the porn industry and how that has affected society now and how a lot of people, a lot of guys in particular, um, in their I don't know, 20s, 30s, are having a hard time enjoying sex pornography on the Internet. Well, that's really not what sex is about. It's supposed to be something that you enjoy with the person that you love. And hopefully, the pendulum has swung enough both ways that we will eventually find ourselves in the center again where sex is not such a big thrill. It's not the uh, vulgarity of watching people explicitly having sex that turns us on, but rather pleasing our partner sexually that turns us on the person that we care about Mm. great stuff and you can learn more about it uh every week on uh, hyapatia lee's stoner sex column let's give people some uh, contact information if they want to send in a question or, or or correspond with you at all Absolutely. The fastest way to correspond with me is at hiofficially at gmail.com. You can write to me directly that way, and I'll be happy to answer you or put your uh, question in the stoner sex column, whichever you'd like. I also have a blog at hiofficially.wordpress.com. As you mentioned, I have an Amazon author page, hiofficially. I'm also going to be at the Southern California Halloween Cup at the NOS Center in San Bernardino on October 7th through 9th. I'll be doing a presentation there about my book and how cannabis can help us with our mental health. And I hate to use the term mental health. To me, it's more emotional strength. 
Yes. October it's 7th. It's about being emotionally strong. October 7th yeah, through 9th at, at the NOS Center, the uh, Halloween Cannabis Cup. I think I'm going to put that down on my calendar, Hyapatia, and I'll meet you there. Will you be there, sweetie? Oh, awesome. I, I would love to see you in person, darling. I'm such a big fan of you. Oh, well, thank you, and I'm a big fan of yours as well. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you, sweetie. Hyapatia Lee's <laughs> column appears on hightimes.com. Check that out. H. I-A-H-Y-A-P-A-T-I-A, Haya Pesha. Thank you so much for joining us, Miss Lee. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, darling. You have a great day, and, and I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you seeing your person in California. We'll see you on Halloween. Thank right. you, sweetie. You take care. All right, folks, when we return, we'll have time for a radical rant. How the red states need to reconsider medical marijuana and think about decriminalization first when we return. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You're going to be a great granddad. Pretty cool. Morgan is Ray Dawn's son. Uh, Morgan and his wife, Tracy, they've been trying to have a baby for quite some time. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to Morgan? What? Do you know who the father is? <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. The Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. 
I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. Well, today in the Radical Rant, I want to think back to my weekend trip to Idaho, where I attended the Boise Hemp Fest. I spoke there. And there was a lot of support out there for the Idaho Medical Marijuana Association. And before I got off on this, get off on this rant, let me just say right up front, I absolutely support the Idaho Medical Marijuana Association. Do what you can. Get medical marijuana on the ballot. It's, it's, a, it's a courageous fight. It's an honorable fight. I wish you the best of luck. That said, I think it's a mistake. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. It's not a mistake that you should want to help patients. Of course not. It's not a mistake to think that you want to get medical marijuana passed, but I think it's a mistake of timing and understanding the audience. There's an old saying in Idaho that goes, Idaho is what America was. And they mean that as a compliment. <laughs> they mean that as a good thing. They're, they don't mean that as an indictment of its white Christian identity or its retrograde conservative politics or anything like that, right? It's just a supposed to mean, you know, harken back to the good old days kind of thing, right? Idaho is what America was. Great, right? You, know, you see Trump sign out there, make America great again? That's, that's speaking to Idahoans, okay? Uh, statistically speaking, according to Real Clear Politics, there is a 98.2% chance Trump wins the state of Idaho. It's the fourth greatest chance Trump has in any state following Oklahoma, Alabama, and what was the other one? West Virginia, I think, <laughs> where he had greater than 98% chance of winning the state. So these are the people that think America is not great right now and they want America to be great again. And so when you say Idaho is what America was, the medical marijuana proponents in Idaho think that Idaho's at 1996 when California was first considering medical marijuana. But I don't think Idaho's made it that far yet. I don't think Idaho is at 1996 yet and I think it can't get to 1996 because it's got 20 years of medical marijuana to look at you approach an Idahoan on medical marijuana and yeah sure you can do the polls you can poll them on medical marijuana and they'll say 70% of them support medical marijuana that's true the problem is the medical marijuana they support in the polls is an idealized vision of their grandma needing it for cancer who has someone growing it for her on the sly. Their idea is not the West Coast's proliferation of pot shops, pot billboards, and pot festivals. When you go to, say, medical marijuana, when you go to get a signature for medical marijuana or, or, or try to get a vote for medical marijuana, you're going to have a lot of Idahoans are just going to think bullshit. That's what they called it on the West Coast, medical marijuana. And look how that turned out. They're all legal now. They all have pot shops. They all have billboards. They all have stoners and pot festivals all over the place. Hell, Oregon's got pot at its state fair. So that's what Idahoans hear and think when you try to bring medical marijuana to them because they've seen the experience over the past 20 years. Yes, they are swayed by the compassion for epileptic kids or grandmas with cancer or glaucoma. But they're going to be so tied up in trying to avoid 
medical marijuana being like Oregon, Washington, or California, that to pass in Idaho, you're going to have to write up one of those airtight, no smoking, no home grow laws like what you get in New York, Minnesota, and Pennsylvania. Laws that are so restrictive and so impractical that you can't get any grassroots ex, uh, activists behind them. And then Idaho, of course, is too small to expect any of the national organizations to be jumping in anytime soon or the big funders. So you have to get something that can pass in Idaho that activists can get behind. And I don't think medical marijuana is there. I think Idaho is not yet at 1996. Idaho is really more more like 1976. Idaho's in the middle of the 1970s. Like when states like Oregon and Nebraska were passing decriminalization of an ounce. That's the direction red states like Idaho should be going. With decrim, you get to convince these Idahoans that they're not opening the floodgates to rampant marijuana abuse. Instead, you're asking them to acknowledge the reality that the state is surrounded by legal and medical marijuana. Oregon and Washington have legal marijuana. Nevada's going to have legal marijuana. Montana's going to expand its medical marijuana. Canada's going to legalize marijuana. Utah and Wyoming still have CBD oil for the kids. They're surrounded. So you can say, since the state is surrounded, why should we keep wasting Idaho taxpayers' money and police, crime lab, court, jail, and probation time on busting some out-of-state traveler with a little weed on him. You could establish decrim as the smart answer to what Idahoans believe is a flood of marijuana coming across the western border. You could set the fine higher for those without local IDs and sell it as a way to punish those who don't respect Idaho law. And Idahoans would also buy decrim as removing the criminal record aspect of a marijuana violation that makes it harder for that person to go straight. So you set up this decriminalization and you sell it to Idahoans as being able to still hate pot. You're still able to keep potheads out of your state and still able to keep pot shops from cropping up, but you're not going to waste the taxpayer's time and the jail space and all of that. You're just going to make money on it instead. Free fine money coming in for the state of Idaho. Every time they catch someone crossing the border. Then, when you get people sold on that decriminalization, you also bury within it an affirmative defense to the fine for anybody who can show a doctor's recommendation for medical cannabis use. So your medical marijuana card or your doctor's letter would get you out of the fine. So this decrim, it would still leave patients without safe access. It would still leave growers subject to felonies. It would still leave consumers without a shop. But at least functionally, Idaho law would not be able to punish a patient caught with a personal amount. And other consumers would only get a fine, not a criminal record. You get that set up, you immediately protect patients from harassment and arrest. And you set up a political friction. Because those patients, now protected from arrest, 
are going to start asking, okay, where do we get our medicine? And they're going to go across the border to get it in Oregon or Washington or Nevada. And they're going to come back across the border with it and get stopped. And then they're going to have to go to court to show their affirmative defense to get out of the fine. And that's going to cause a political friction. That's going to cause people's complaints. And those deficiencies are going to lead people to want a better law. Because now you've already got them committed to the idea that medical users shouldn't be punished. So you've got them committed to that. Now you can start to get them to commit to better laws to help those patients out. Just a theory. I could be wrong. And I certainly wish Idaho Medical Marijuana Association all the luck in the world. But man, if I had the money to throw at you, I'd be throwing it at you for a decrim measure. I think you could pass decrim in Idaho. I don't know about medical. Well, folks, that's all the time we got for hour one, but stay tuned. Hour two is up next. We got more stories. We're going to talk Olympics. We're going to talk Colorado sales figures and more. For everyone here at Cannabis Radio, I'm Radical Russ. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Now, it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can tow. I am here. Or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. Hey, 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 welcome back, Tokers and Tokets. And you non-toking lovers of liberty out there. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see if that'll work a little bit. Trying to help out some of the uh, sound here, so I 
can hear me over the music, and I think I found a, uh, a new setting here that's going to help me a little bit with this, so let's see if that works. Looks like it's working. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Hour 2. I'm Radical Russ, hanging out in the Ardea Condominium Towers on the South Waterfront in beautiful legal potland, Oregon, looking straight out my window to beautiful Mount Hood in the distance. And uh, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing interview for me. <laughs> I, I'm just going to bask in this for a second. <laughs> if you missed the first hour, I got to speak with Hyapatia Lee. She is the stoner sex columnist uh, at hightimes.com. But the reason I was so excited is because she was one of my favorite adult film stars from the 1980s. Growing up as a kid, and back in the day, we didn't have this fancy schmancy internet, man. It was collecting penthouses and hustlers and finding the occasionally stray VHS tape that you could find. <laughs> it, was, it was not the golden age, let's just say that. I always liked Hyapatia Lee. Always, I always thought she was so beautiful, so beautiful, and uh, wonderful hair, beautiful eyes, and just always let's just say i loved her performances okay so uh it was a trip that when i got the request you know you know uh, she wanted to be on the show get, get an interview i'm like whoa tripping out and i was and i was nervous and i don't usually get nervous for my interviews uh only other only other interview i've been nervous for was sir richard branson <laughs> so that's like uh interesting company right so uh getting to speak to her today she was so sweet Oh my God, she was exactly how I might have imagined her to be personality-wise. Just sweet and loving and and caring. And what a, what a wonderful person. I I can't wait till that October event. Check it out on hightimes.com. They're, uh, or maybe it's at cannabiscup.com. But they're having a cup out there at the National Orange Center in uh, San Bernardino, October 7th through 9th. And so she's going to be out there. I'm going to make my way out there because I want a selfie with Hyapatia Lee. <laughs> I just do. Uh, it's, uh, interesting to me too, that we're having so many of these, uh, cups now high times has now just kind of realized that, look, we don't need to just have once a year at these places. We can do it every couple, three months or so. And since Seattle and Portland and Denver aren't cooperating, they're going to have two or three in Clio, Michigan. They're going to have two or three in the national orange center. They're going to go back out to Jamaica they're even uh, looking at Anchorage, Alaska. So um, we're just going to get more and more of these. And places like Portland, Seattle, and Denver are just going to have to get get around to it. You're going to have to get this figured out. We can no longer continue to have a, a situation where the three top legal cities in America do not allow for any sort of legal cannabis gatherings. That's insane. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Sanjay Gupta reacted to the DEA's uh, failure to reschedule. Also, later on in the uh, hour, uh, a look at Colorado's latest marijuana sales figures, plus uh, more from me and Chief Greenbud at the Boise Hemp Fest. Oh, and sorry for the no call-in number. Our number got disconnected. We're looking at getting a new one. We should have one soon, so uh, I'll let you know when we do. Be right back. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. 
Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. The cannabis industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your cannabis business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Get the latest updates on The Russ Belleville Show by following Radical Russ on Twitter and liking The Russ Belleville Show on Facebook. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Nine after the hour here on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for being here. Make sure you check out the entire CannabisRadio.com lineup. We've got the best in marijuana podcasts for every angle of the marijuana movement. You're a grower? We got the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. You into celebrities? We got uh, Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. You old school? We got the Tommy Chong podcast. Interested in science? We got Burning Issues with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. You like activism? We got Hemp Present with Vivian McPeak. We got all sorts of great shows and our grassroots marketing shows uh, that you can check out. Interviews with various uh, gondrepreneurs throughout the industry. A lot of them that I do out there in the uh, on the events where you see me. So check it all out. It's at CannabisRadio.com. Also, some updates on, on my stuff. I, I was mentioning how uh, I don't have a phone number right now. It used to be 971-533-7111. We lost that number. It expired. And, and uh, I'm kind of pissed off about it because I've had the number for like four years. And as well, them Skype voice numbers. 
and it said it was expiring. And so I went to renew the number and it would only renew with a different number. It wouldn't let me renew with the same number. So I couldn't keep that number. So it it pissed me off and I haven't renewed the number since because when I renew, I'm going to get an 800 number so that uh, it's free for you to call in. And if the, if the Skype number changes, I can just redirect the 800 number and not have to change it again. So still working on that. Give me for the rest of August. I'm spending the rest of August trying to get all this infrastructure stuff taken care of. And that's one of the things on my list. Another thing on my list is the RadicalRust.com website, which is uh, currently down. And uh, yeah, uh, someone in my chat room says, get a Google voice number. Same idea. Uh, whatever number I get, that's fine. But I'm going to get a, I'm gonna get a, uh, a, a toll-free to point to it. But uh, also going to work on the RadicalRust.com site. Uh, we're getting that all moved to new servers and such. And I've got to do a new design on the back end of it. So right now there's just a, a landing page. And a little bit of an explanation for VIPs and advertisers and sponsors. And if you sign up with your VIP or advertiser account right now, obviously the site's down, but you'll still get your ad on into the podcast and it's free for the rest of August, free for the rest, actually the next month. When you sign up, you'll get a month free. It won't charge you until next month. So if you want to get in on the VIP thing or you want to get an advertisement or a sponsorship in, do it now because you get a free month. It's all at RadicalRust.com. It's all handled through PayPal. And the PayPal account has been upgraded now so that we you don't have to have PayPal. You can give a credit card number or a bank uh, electronic check. You don't have to have PayPal to pay me through PayPal. So that should help out a little bit as well. The redesign of RadicalRust.com is going to be pretty cool, though. We're going to have, uh, once again, our VIP uh, memberships that are going to give you exclusive access to the replays of Toker Talk Radio this hour. It'll also give you exclusive access to my archives uh, over, gosh, I guess, eight years now of shows and interviews and events that I've covered. We're going to have that in a searchable database, too, so that you'll be able to just find out whatever clip you want to get and uh, listen to it on demand. That'll only be available for VIPs. We're also going to have the uh, Radical Rust store, and all sorts of new t-shirt and sticker designs available with discounts for our VIPs, of course. So uh, working on all of that, get the podcast hosted up there. And I know a lot of you have been waiting for this one. The, uh, the Radical Russ web show could be returning. Now, I, I'm still working out how I'm going to do this. One option is to do it the way I used to do it. With just, you know, throw a webcam up on the corner and just video me doing the radio show. I might go back to that. That's going to require at least a second laptop to handle the video. But if I can get the the facilities, I'll do it. Or I've got another option. And that might be that I create an entirely new video show. And I've got some ideas running around in my head. But basically a half hour weekly web show. I don't know, maybe this week in weed, whatever we end up calling it, but uh, a half hour weekly web show that I might start doing on the uh, Radical Russ YouTube channel. So it's going to require some cameras, going to require some laptops, some infrastructure, some external hard drives, things like that, some software. But that's kind of the direction I want to go uh, with, uh, with the media production. So stay tuned. I'll keep you posted. You'll always be the first to know right here on the Russ Belville Show. All right, so 
Let me uh, talk a little bit about this DEA rescheduling thing. We mentioned it uh, in the rant yesterday about how the problem is that when we ask to reschedule cannabis out of Schedule 1, we're asking to shove a leaf-shaped drug through a pill-shaped hole. People get confused about the rescheduling thing all the time because, you know, Schedule 1 is supposedly the, the worst, most dangerous drugs on the planet. Heroin and LSD and PCP and pot? And everybody thinks that's a mistake. But Schedule 1 isn't necessarily that the drugs are more dangerous than any other drugs. It has to do with their lack of medical use and their danger of abuse. And then people get hung up on the lack of medical use because they say, wait, there's 25 medical marijuana states. But yeah, but those are states that have determined there's a medical use in their state. No single state determines that there's medical use in the country. And it sounds insane, (laughs) but that's the way the law works. Law and logic don't always work together. The entity that decides whether there's a medical use in the United States is the Food and Drug Administration. And the Food and Drug Administration does that through the uh, uh, processes that also involve the Department of Health and Human Services and the National Institutes of Drug Abuse. And all of this is governed by the Controlled Substances Act. And the Controlled Substances Act is a system that is designed to evaluate pills, generally, also handles liquids and inhalers, but, but basically pills, a known quantity of a specific set of molecules. No plant can ever get through that process because no plant ever produces a known set of standardized molecules. Two buds from the same plant could have different cannabinoid and terpenoid profiles, much less two buds from different plants of the same strain, much less two buds from two completely different strains. It's never going to get through it. And we keep banging our head against this, but there's medical use, but these studies show it's safe, but these studies show that this is good and it doesn't matter because it won't fit through the pill-shaped hole. All those studies are going to do, all that wailing about its safety, all that's going to do is embolden pharmaceutical companies to extract the constituents out of cannabis and to put them into pills into known dosages of consistent quality. And those pills will get through the pill-shaped hole just fine. They'll be called Sativex and Epidiolex and whatever other combination of, of THC and CBD and CBG and CBN and anything else they extract out of it, so long as it's standardized. They could come up with an extract that exactly mimics, mimics the profile of a cannabis bud. You could take a cannabis bud and say, all right, it's 20% THC and 2% CBD and this percent CBG and this percent CBN and this percent linoline and myrcene and micrine and whatever other terpenoid. You could get that down to the 0.1% on each of those to match the profile of a particular bud exactly. And that medicine would make it through the FDA because that medicine would always be that same exact profile every time. So it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating having this debate. It feels like it feels like having 
a checker on a chessboard. Like we're playing checkers on a chessboard. Our piece doesn't have any moves it can make in this game. We might be the best checkers players in the world. Checkers might be the most fun game in the world, but our checker piece does not have a move it can make on the chessboard. We are bringing our baseball bat and mitt to the ice hockey rink. <laughs> we, we are fighting the wrong game in the wrong arena. And that's why for so long I've been a proponent of this box Canyon medical marijuana theory because the way the game is set, that's the only place medical marijuana can go is into the pharmacy. That's the end point of medical marijuana. That it's, is its final destination is the pharmacy. If people want the plant, if they want to use it for medical use, you got to get behind the right to farm that crop regardless of why you want to use it. I look at it as something that supersedes our Constitution. It is one of our inalienable rights granted to us by our Creator among the others like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But our Ninth Amendment even recognizes that just because we laid out, enumerated a bunch of rights in the Constitution doesn't mean we don't still have our natural rights. And if we don't have a natural right to plant seeds and sow crops, then our dollars aren't worth the George Washington that's printed on them. I love my chat room. John Chambers says, wait, isn't checkers played on the same board as chess? Yes, you're right. And that analogy was starting to bother me the longer I went with it. <laughs> I should have said the the Monopoly thimble. <laughs> like you just put the Monopoly thimble on the chessboard. Hey, they can't all be perfect. I try my best. <laughs> Happy 420. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, more flavor. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I am a round peg in a square hole. Okay, maybe you're high too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. 
Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Hello, Mr. Man. Hi. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working. I'm sorry. No food till this is done. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a great safety briefing. I feel a lot safer, don't you? We got some great numbers coming in from thecannabis.co, courtesy of the Denver Post out there. They got the uh, sales figures for the first half of 2016 from the uh, Colorado Department of Revenue. And according to the figures, Colorado marijuana shops sold nearly $600 million of recreational and medical cannabis in the first half of 2016. The analysts expect the sales will reach $1.35 billion by year's end. The month of June was $73.6 million in recreational marijuana sales, the second biggest month ever. April 2016, the 420 holiday month, uh, had a $76.5 million holiday. So it's, it's amazing looking at the chart because the recreational figures just continued to climb. The medical figures are kind of leveling out. They're still stuck in around $40 million, give or take, depending on the month. But looking back to um, June of 2015 rec sales were 50 million now there's 76 million so an increase of half just about half 73 million this uh will easily eclipse the 2015 total of 996 million dollars in sales about a billion dollars again they're expecting about 1.35 billion in colorado for this year Extracts uh, are a 24% share of total sales. Edibles have a 13% share. And flower sales have dropped slightly to 56% of the share. So about one out of four purchases there, Colorado, are for concentrates. There's the 2.9% sales tax, state sales tax, the 10% sales tax, and a 15% excise tax. In the month of June... That led to collection of $26.6 million. I'm sorry, $5.4 million collected in June. The yearly total, $26.6 million in taxes from the excise tax. For the first six months, if you include the medical fees as well, they've gotten $88 million in taxes and fees on medical and recreational cannabis in the state of Colorado. Now, I know some of our opponents, the prohibitionists, will poo-poo those numbers. They'll say, oh, it's just a small percentage of the GDP of that state or the small percentage of the budget of that state. Eh, it's, only, it's only $100 million. It, it's, it's really not that much tax money compared to how much. You know, they have billion-dollar budgets. It's just a drop in the bucket. <laughs> yeah, always trying to minimize it, right? It's only $100 million in taxes we made. Now... If it were the Mexican cartels 
that were caught with $100 million worth of weed. Do you think they'd minimize how little weed got caught? It was only $100 million worth. <laughs> no, that would be a big effing deal, wouldn't it? So you can't have it both ways, prohibitionists. You can't be all thrilled by nine figures in seizures, but not be thrilled by transferring that nine figures into tax revenue that benefits the citizens. That $1.35 billion in revenue in, in a market that's going on legally in Colorado is $1.35 billion that's not being transacted illegally. That's $1.35 billion that's not enriching criminal cartels and helping to build schools and helping small towns. I was just in Idaho for the Boise Hemp Fest and unbeknownst to me, now I had understood that there were retail bans all across Eastern Oregon. So I thought that the closest place you could find a recreational pot shop to Boise was either in Bend or the Dalles, like four hours away. Turns out, though, that the little town of Huntington, Oregon, is in Baker County and has not banned, and they have a recreational pot shop there. Now, you got to understand, Huntington, Oregon, <laughs> is small by small town standards. The Oregon-Idaho border at that point uh, where I-84 crosses it is the Snake River. And right there on the Snake River is the city of Ontario, but it's in Malheur County, which has banned recreational cannabis. If it had not, people from the Boise, Nampa, Caldwell, Meridian metro area, which makes up about three out of four people that live in Idaho, would be going to Ontario to get their legal weed because back in the day, when us pot smokers wanted to go get a pipe, we had to drive to Ontario an hour away just to buy a pipe because Idaho's paraphernalia laws were so strict. There used to be a place there called the Red Eye Hut. Big Al ran the, ran the Red Eye Hut. You had to go there and get your pipe. But Ontario has turned its nose up at any possible legal marijuana business because the whole county has banned marijuana businesses. So you have to drive another 25 miles. After you cross the Snake River, you drive another 25 miles, kind of northwest on I-84. You end up crossing into Baker County. And there's an exit there for Huntington. Now, when you take the Huntington exit off the freeway, you then proceed another four or five miles on completely barren, nowheresville, bleak, starkitude road. Part of the road actually makes you slow down to 25 miles an hour because it's uh, it's got those uh, wagon rut kind of, or those uh, washboard rut, you know, dirt road kind of thing for about you know quarter mile. And then you're back onto pavement. And eventually you round this corner on this rural highway and you reach the town of Huntington population. I don't know, 700, maybe it's a, it's a little town. And that little town of Huntington's got the one legal pot shop that's called 420ville and it's got a thousand plant outdoor grow commercial grow that's going uh there's some pictures of it i took some video of it on my facebook page if you want to check it out facebook.com slash radical russ um 
But this is in Huntington, and, and talking to the people in Idaho about it, like everybody knows about it because whenever you go to Huntington and you go to 420ville, the parking lot is packed with cars with Idaho plates. It's all the Idaho. That's the closest place to Idaho you can buy legal weed. And so people are. And so the, um, one of the Oregon newspapers, Eastern Oregon newspapers, did a story on this and how legal pot in Huntington has saved that town. How retailers that were going out of business because it's a, you know, it's a debt. It's one of those kind of towns that used to be a town that was on one of the major highways. But then once the freeway came in beside it, that town withered away. You've heard that story in numerous states, I'm sure. Well, now it's revitalized again because there's reason to get off that freeway and go to Huntington to get the legal weed. Restaurants and grocery stores and real estate and everything in that little town is starting to take off again because of legal weed and because the rest of Eastern Oregon keeps it prohibited. And of course, because Idaho keeps it prohibited. Now, one of the sad parts of that tale is how Oregon State Police will hang out there, hang, hang around that 420-ville, spot the different cars with the Idaho license plates, spot the people coming out of the 420-ville with little purchases, and phone ahead to the Idaho State Police and the Payette County Police in Idaho to let them know that, hey, such and such type of car with such and such Idaho plate number, blah, 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 is coming across the border. And they were just at the pot shop. You want to keep a lie out on these guys. Hoping they can get you on some pretext stop and then bust you for the weed you just bought. That's another reason why in the rant I talked about how Idaho needs to go for something like decrim. Because decrim would allow the cops to keep this little racket going. They could continue to get their, and it'd be easier for the cops too. You wouldn't get much law enforcement opposition to this. Uh, you'd get some from the prison guards union because Idaho has that private prison, you know, uh, Corrections Corporations of America, I believe, that runs that private prison that requires it to be 90% full. They're going to oppose it. Some of the cops uh, might oppose it from the asset forfeiture point of view, but from the point of view of not being able to make the money, no. In fact, I bet a lot of those cops would, much rather hand out a $300 ticket for weed than to have to cuff and stuff somebody, take them all the way back and deal with all that. Anyway, the state of Idaho, such, uh, you know, so many friends and family there that I worry about that are still tokers that um, every day are risking misdemeanors and possible felonies and losing their kids. When you're at something like the Boise Hemp Fest too, it really sticks out too because you know, I go to hemp fest and these events all over the place. Like I even go to Texas, right? And I'll go to an event in Texas and there'll be glass displays there. There'll be got you know, a head shop that shows up with a table full of pipes and you know, the, that kind of stuff. Not at the Idaho shows. No, there was no glass at the Boise hemp fest that I saw. There's not even like the CBD oils or hemp salves or any of that kind of stuff. People selling tie dye, couple nonprofits and all the rest, pretty much standard kind of stuff. That's how strict it is in Idaho, folks. And that's why it's so tough to get things rolling there is because anyone who is an activist there or wants to be an activist there, if they stick their head up, they get busted. They've got to literally have nothing to lose and be completely self-employed to be able to pull it off. Really, it should be me back there. I should... 
And and folks, I tell you, I consider it every other month or so. Especially as my folks get older. I'll tell you what, if if my folks got older and infirm in some way, they needed someone to take care of them, I just might move back to Idaho. I might have to move back to Idaho to take care of my folks and then be that guy who's got nothing to lose, who can stand up and be the proud pot smoker, who can get on the evening news and talk about it, not have to worry about losing child custody or any sort of property or any sort of licensing. It just might happen. Not soon, I hope. <laughs> uh, let's, let's let my folks get into their 80s, can we? <laughs> can we let my folks get into their 80s, travel around in the RV for a while before I have to go back to Idaho and legalize pot? I've kind of grown fond of legal weed here in Oregon. Anyway, let's take a trip back to Idaho where my good friend Chief Greenbud from Nashville, Tennessee showed up to serenade us with his acoustic guitar. I got up and joined him for some background vocals. You'll recognize the tune. It's uh, Chief Greenbud's lyrics. You can smoke as much as you like. And it is. It is a struggle because, you know, I'm the kind of guy, especially with the ladies, man, I like you just to smoke as much as you like. This is going to be my last song. I want to thank Grass City. I want to thank Sierra Franks from the Boise Hemp Fest for bringing me out here. And Russ Belleville. Well, it's so sticky, smells so nice, and I can keep it blazing all night. Baby, you can smoke as much as you like. I said you can smoke as much as you like. We'll pass that bowl, hit that pipe. We'll be high as a kite. Baby, you can smoke as much as you like. I said you can smoke as much as you like. Well, you're a little cutie, I hope you want to use me Let's smoke a little bud, and we can see a movie Say what, what you really want to hear I got more weed than Budweiser's got beer And if you smoke this fatty, you won't feel your body You get so high, you're gonna need your mind I'll roll it, you lick it, I'll light it, you hit it No, you ain't ever gotta buy it It's so sticky, smells so nice Keep it blazing all night, baby. You can smoke as much as you like. You can smoke as much as you like. Pass that bow, hit that pipe. We'll be high as a kite, baby. You can smoke as much as you like. Smoke as much as you like. You can smoke as much as you like. When you wanna smoke out, I can be your boy scout. Always prepared, the weed is what I'm all about. I don't wanna see you pout, there won't be a need for doubt. Long as I'm around, you'll never ever be without. Long as you got me, you don't ever gotta buy it. Got some of God's own if you think you wanna try it. Six gram blunts, I only roll the dank of shit. God don't act so shy and wrap your lips around this and smoke this fatty, you won't feel your body. You get so high, you're gonna need your mommy I'll roll it, you lick it, I'll light it, you hit it No, you ain't ever gotta buy it It's so sticky, smells so nice I can keep it blazing all night 
baby, you can smoke as much as you like. Smoke as much. As I said you, like. you can smoke as much as you like. Pass that bowl, hit that pipe. We'll be high as a kite, baby. You can smoke as much as you like. Smoke as much as you like. You can smoke as much as you like. guys so much. My name is Chief Greenbud. Thank you, Steve Fun. I'm Radical Russ. I'm from Portland, Oregon. I'm on CannabisRadio.com. I do a live two-hour daily talk radio show on the news and information and science concerning cannabis. I write a twice-weekly column on HighTimes.com. I write five days a week on MarijuanaPolitics.com, and I travel the country speaking at these events all around from coast to coast. So much for the lazy stoner stereotype. I don't have a lot of time up here. we got to get this band up. These guys look awesome. I can't wait to hear them. So one quick note. As much as I love my job, as much as it's wonderful traveling the country, smoking weed, writing about weed, researching weed, it's also heartbreaking because people know I'm the weed guy. And then they tell me their stories. Last time I came back here to Idaho, I got to hear a story from a young woman who suffers from chronic migraine. And we're talking not like you get a migraine and then you don't have a migraine. This woman has migraine all the time. Like, it never goes away. It varies in the pain scale from a 4 to a 10, but she's always got pain. And she's tried everything. She's tried every pharmaceutical, every drug, every therapy. They're even starting to talking about cutting into her head and, and, and also shooting Botox into her skull. And so, finally... She's nervous. She's a Christian lady. She's a conservative. She'd never been around pot or anything, but she got to talk to me about it. She said, do you think cannabis could help? I said, not only do I think it could help, I know it can help. She goes, what do I do? I said, well, you could drive to Huntington, Oregon, about an hour and a half away, and go to the recreational shop and buy some weed. Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd want to do it medically. Could I get a medical card? Well, you used to be able to get a medical card in Oregon, but you can't anymore. And even if you did, the nearest medical dispensary uh, is in Ontario. You still have to drive an hour. So if I got some and I came home and I used it, what would happen? Oh, if they caught you? Oh, well, you'd go to jail and you'd be fined and you'd lose your teaching position and you'd uh, probably not be able to work with kids ever again. And having to tell her that, having to tell someone who'd never understood that this was a big deal when she finally had some sort of hope and then I have to crush it don't make me have to crush that hope again please Idaho get involved with the Idaho Medical Marijuana Association help them out pass something here so my friends and my family don't have to keep hearing that bad news I'm Russ Belville RadicalRust.com thank you that was the uh, final speech I gave there at the Boise Hemp Fest with my mom and dad sitting out there in the audience. It's nice to see them. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Olympics. Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian ever, broke a 2,100-year-old record, set an all-time record, and he smokes pot and drinks booze. We're going to talk about drugs in the Olympics when we return.
Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I beat China all the time. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Hey, everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Uh, I have a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Barack has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a scuff. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. 45 after the hour. And uh wanted to talk a little bit about the Olympics. It's been fun watching the Rio Olympics this year. And, of course, the uh, star of the Olympics would be the winner of six medals, five gold and one silver, Michael Phelps. That's right. Michael Phelps, at age 31, won five gold medals. And one silver medal in the 100-meter butterfly, I believe it was. See, if he wasn't a pot smoker. (laughs) You know, there's people out there that really believe that shit. I have these internet arguments all the time. I was just on one on on, uh, Twitter with somebody named Allison Chains. And, uh, yeah, the the argument was something about, uh, you know, you know how pot smokers they're 
not living up to their potential, they're wasting their opportunities and so forth. And you know, I point out my daily routines. Like, dude, I get up at six, I'm up at six or seven every morning. I, I write an article, send it off. I research for a show. I write a show. I put a show together. I do 10 hours a week. I do two articles for High Times, five or so for marijuana politics, and travel the country 80,000 air miles so far this year. What is marijuana? How is it blowing my potential, right? And he actually came back with something to the effect of, well, how much better would it get? Like, give me, give me a break. So, yeah, there are people that believe, well, gee, if Michael Phelps would just not a smoke so a pot. So he gets five gold medals at this Olympics, one silver. And he ended up breaking a 2,100-year-old Olympic record. This pot smoker did. Yeah. Um, This, of course, is going back to the ancient Olympiad of 156 BC, as we all remember. And in the Olympiad of 156 BC the much-heralded athlete Leonidas won his 12th individual gold medal by succeeding in the three events, at, in the, getting the gold medal at the three events, the three track events that he competed in, that he had won for the four consecutive Olympics, 156 BC, 160 BC, 164 BC, 168 BC. BC, folks, before Christ, <laughs> four straight Olympics, he won three different events. So he had 12 individual gold medals. That was the Olympic record for 2,100 years. And then Michael Phelps went and got his 13th individual gold <laughs> and broke a 2,100-year-old record. And now, on Saturday night, he won his... 28th Olympic medal, 23 gold medals, 28 medals total to become the all-time leading medalist. He's got more medals than anyone ever has had in the Olympics. <laughs> so uh, so this guy's a guy who uh, smokes pot. And uh, you know, remember, he got busted in, uh, I remember very vividly, he got busted January 31st of 2009. That's when the uh, Michael Phelps bong photo made it to the, uh, was it the Daily Sun in the UK? One of those newspapers. And I remember that because that was my birthday. <laughs> that was my 41st birthday. Happy birthday to me. And it was a huge deal, I think, because the Michael Phelps bong photo shattered the illusion that pot smokers are unmotivated or unsuccessful or lazy just destroyed it. We'd tried to destroy it before. You could say, oh, well, Bill Clinton smoked pot and Barack Obama smoked pot and Carl Sagan smoked pot. And for a lot of people, they say, yeah, but they didn't smoke pot while they were working or yeah, but they smoked pot in their youth and then gave it up and then they became great. Well, the Michael Phelps bong photo shattered that because here was the Olympian in the prime of his life, 23 years old, had just won eight gold medals <laughs> in the Olympics, caught smoking a bong. And that was also important because it wasn't just any bong. It was a big old bong. This was a professional level bong. This was not something a first time pot smoker would be smoking. He held that bong properly. He had the right technique. 
Had he been caught smoking a joint, I don't think it would have had the same cultural significance as the fact they caught him with a full-on Cheech and Chong-level bong in his face just three months after having won eight gold medals. So it being such a big pro bong leads you to understand that this wasn't his first rodeo. This is somebody who's ha- has been smoking pot, not had smoked pot and then won eight gold medals, has been throughout his life smoking pot. And that's not Michael Phelps' only indiscretion. In 2004, Michael Phelps was busted for a drunk driving incident, got a DUI. He also got a DUI in 2014. So five years before the bong and five years after the bong, he got DUIs. So now he's won 28 medals. He says he's going to retire now. And why shouldn't he? I mean, my God, man. Although I would not at all be shocked to see a 35-year-old Michael Phelps come back for the next Olympics. Wouldn't shock me a bit. Wouldn't that be something? Just come back for maybe just races in three events. Maybe some of the team, you know, the medleys or something. Try to, try to up that medal count to 30. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. And, of course, the other story out of the Olympics, the other... the. the Okay, so Michael Phelps probably gave us the iconic, you know, athlete, all-time greatest Olympian and medal leader, and a really good meme. Have you seen that Phelps face meme? A really good meme out of that. But I think Phelps got beat by Usain Bolt this week. Usain Bolt, of course, is the Jamaican sprinter who is the fastest man on the planet, has won the gold medal for the past three Olympics in the 100-meter dash. And, of course, the photo, they've got a photo of him winning his semifinal where he's a full body in front of the rest of the field. And he's looking back over his shoulder to see the rest of them behind him. And he's kind of got a, his famous grin on his face, his smile on his face. He looks like the Roadrunner from one of the old Roadrunner cartoons looking back at the coyote or something. And it's just been an iconic picture, and everybody's going nuts about it. But, of course, Usain Bolt is from Jamaica a country that has a lot of understanding of ganja and the culture around it and admits to having used that in his day as well. And it hasn't seemed to hurt his development any. So these Olympics have been very good from that perspective. One other Olympic perspective, of course, would, would be our judoka, Nick Del Popolo, who I don't think meddled, but Nick Del Popolo uh, was disqualified from the Olympics in 2012 for failing a drug test back when it was 15 nanograms in your urine that would get you busted. Well, now the standard has been raised to 150 nanograms in urine and Nick Del Popolo made it to the Olympic team. That's not to say he's still consuming cannabis. There's no reports one way or the other. But uh, this is, uh, we are starting to see in the sports world some movement culturally on the marijuana issue that we haven't seen a similar movement from, from other avenues of advocacy, the sports world and its embrace of cannabis for its medical purposes is going to break us in to that. Don't give a shit demographic. There's a lot of people out there who don't give a shit about marijuana. They just don't give a shit. 
It's not part of their culture. It's not part of their world. No, it's not even on their radar. Some of them, ignorant to the point, apathetic to the point, they don't even know it's really illegal, <laughs> right? They think if someone gets busted for weed, the cops take their weed and you know give them a slap on the wrist or something. They don't know that people really go to jail for this and lose their houses and lose their jobs and careers and homes over this kind of stuff. So to get through to them, you got to ha- get through to them on something that's meaningful to them. Now, yeah, the medical marijuana suddenly becomes really meaningful when they get cancer or when their grandma gets glaucoma or something like that. Then they, you know, they have an awakening. That's not going to happen for everybody. So what is it that's going to get into the don't give a shit demographic? Well, for some of them, it's going to be their love of sports. For some of them, it's going to be hearing Jim McMahon from the 1985 Bears talking about his use of medical cannabis helps him deal with all the ravages of concussions and neck injuries he had to suffer through. For some of them, it's going to be hearing from a a Eugene Monroe or a Ricky Williams. Although, to be honest, and I got to be the guy that says it, Jim McMahon's endorsement is going to be probably the biggest one out of the, out of them. And maybe Kyle Turley, but definitely Jim McMahon because he's got that name recognition, but also Kyle Turley, because let's just be frank, they're white. And that's going to give, that's going to give them more, uh, legitimacy. They're going to get more benefit of the doubt from a lot of that. Don't give a shit demographic out there. They're going to look at some of the black players who are coming out after this thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Medical marijuana. Right. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the hood, right? Mm-hmm, weed, uh-huh, sure, right. Coming from a Jim McMahon, though, or coming from a Kyle Turley, or a Nate, is it Nate Eben is his name, I think? Mark Stepnoski, perhaps. Coming from those guys, coming from white guys, it's going to resonate better in some of those, you know, deep enclaves of football fandom. I know, I, I live in that world, too. It's kind of interesting uh, how when I... Uh, because if you don't know, if you're a new time new listener to this, uh, one of my alter egos is the Ogrotten Cheesehead. I am the greatest Green Bay Packers fan from Idaho. Potatoes and cheese, Ogrotten, get it? And uh, in that persona, I hang out at, here in Portland. They have this huge country western bar that is the Packers bar, basically. About 200, 300 Packers fans pack this thing for every Sunday or Thursday or Monday or Saturday for that matter, whatever night the game's on and uh, take over the place. And I, so I have to be around that beer drinking football loving demographic. And not all of them are open to the medical marijuana issue, but they will be when they find out some of their favorite players are. Well, folks, that's it. That's all the time we got for this uh, show. Time flies when you legalize. Tune in tomorrow for another two hours where we've got a couple of great guests for you coming up. We'll be joined by cannabis entrepreneur Bo Money, Bonita, Bo Money. And then John Hudak from Brookings will be here to talk about that DEA rescheduling rejection. For everyone here at Cannabis Radio, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show.
The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it